Hey guys, welcome back to The Kate Show. My name is Kate the Socialite and you're listening to episode 219. And today I'm talking about the 10 questions that will help you refocus your interior design business marketing. Now, obviously not just interior design, but window treatments, organizing, home staging, I got you, okay? We are gonna help you reassess and refocus. And by we, I mean me, myself, and I, because it's just me today. But I wanna start off with a couple questions for you. Are you feeling uneasy about whether you're doing everything you can to market your business? If so, it is time to refocus. You don't need to get stuck in a rut, do the same marketing tasks over and over without ensuring that one flows to the next, because if you don't get your ducks in a row, you really can't track the results. And spoiler alert, not every marketing activity should result in new clients. Did you know that? Because for the first couple of years in business, I did not know that. I thought, well, I'm on social media. I should get clients from it. Well, I did an an ad on Google. I should get clients from it. But that's just not how it works. I'm going to give you a few specific examples. If you're pinning on Pinterest, that's great. And it's not going to bring you more clients directly. But pinning your blog post on Pinterest will increase your website traffic, which is crucial for getting those coveted clients. It doesn't mean, though, that someone's going to see your pin and be like, oh, I'm going to hire her. That's just not how that works. It's not realistic. Here's another example. Even if your ideal client uses social media heavily, you won't necessarily get new clients directly from Instagram, per se, just because you're posting photos of pretty spaces, even if it's your work. However, if you frequently put yourself and your face in your photos and videos, you will foster a relationship with your followers that will make people want to DM you or click the link in your bio to get into your sales funnel. Social media in and of itself is not a sales funnel. It's just one of the many different entry points someone could use. Okay, one more example. You might be blogging consistently, but not getting new clients directly from it. Makes total sense. Potential clients will find your website as a result of the blog post because Google will index it and it'll show up in search results. But those people are not going to become clients simply because you wrote a blog post. Instead, the blog post will get them to sign up for your freebie, which you should be offering, and we'll put them in your mailing list, which you should have. Conversions happen often at the mailing list level because now it's personal, you have their contact information, and really those conversions only happen if you're consistent about sending a newsletter to them every month. And you guys, at this point in the podcast, you know what I mean by a newsletter, but for anyone new, let me just say, a newsletter is not a jumble of random news about your business. It's actually about educating, inspiring, your mailing list. So depending on what services you offer, you can showcase a recent project and give people a way to book a call with you so that they can get their project scheduled. Or you can give them ideas because you can actually create the need for them to hire you. Maybe they don't realize they need their pantry reorganized. You can explain, here is how I will professionally organize someone's pantry. Here's my thought process. Here's the tools I use. Here's how long it takes me. And then someone reading that newsletter will be like, oh, wait a minute, I need my pantry reorganized. And you can do that with anything like kitchen remodels, bathroom remodels, room makeovers, whatever it is, you can create the need for them to hire you. And that's why the email newsletter is so important. And that's why you need to stay away from making it just a jumble of things like, well, I took this trip. Well, here's a picture of my dog. Well, I went to High Point. Well, Here's the new certification I got because frankly, nobody cares about those things. And even if they're like, okay, that's a nice newsletter, it doesn't accomplish the purpose that it was set out to do, which is get new clients to actually book a call with you or hit reply. So just keep in mind that 
your marketing has to flow one into the next and one standalone piece of marketing is not going to result in a new client. It all has to work together like a well-oiled machine. It can be a very simple machine. It does not have to be complicated, but it needs to make sense. So if you're feeling frustrated and confused by the lack of results in your marketing, consider today's episode, the pause button. Let's assess what you should be doing and how it should all work together to grow your business. All right, guys, I do have a special request for you. I would love it if you could go to your favorite podcasting app, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, and write a review of my show. I'm not saying you got to give me five stars, but obviously I appreciate that. Uh, Just put your honest opinion of the show in there. I read every single review. I take them to heart and I really appreciate all the wonderful feedback you guys give me via email and on the phone, but you got to put it in your podcasting app because otherwise other people won't know. All right. I have to give a shout out to one of my favorite sponsors and that is Side Door because they have created a leveraged and nearly passive income idea for interior designers. Now, I don't like the idea of passive income because truthfully, there's no such thing. Uh, It's a pipe dream to think that we can make money without working, but it is leveraged in that it's the one-to-many model. As a designer, you might feel like the only way to make money is to work more hours, but eventually you need to have a life. You need to take care of yourself and your family. And is it really worth it to be working 24-7? No, it's not. Even if you're making you know, $1,000 an hour. It's honestly not worth it at the end of the day. Side Door presents another option. You can sell trade-only products and earn an average commission of 30% on each sale. Now, any designer who's been in business for more than a year will tell you, yes, we make a good amount of our income on product markups, as it should be, because you can always sell more product, but you can't keep selling more hours. There are only so many hours in a day. Now, this is way better than affiliate marketing because you're not selling retail. You're selling trade-only. Because of that, the commissions are a lot higher. So I highly suggest that you consider making Side Door part of your income stream in 2023. Go to onsidedoor.com to get started today. All right, guys, let's get into today's episode, the 10 questions that will refocus your business marketing. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. All right, guys. So the 10 questions that you should be asking yourself in order to refocus and re-strategize your business marketing are as follows. And... We're going to take our time with these. Fortunately, it's not going to be such a heavy episode that you're going to have to take tons of copious notes. If you do feel like you need to write down these questions so that you can go back and answer them later when you're not driving or working, then feel free to do that. But you can get them and the show notes for all this episode and all my other episodes if you go to thecaseshowpodcast.com and then just go to this particular episode. All right, so let's just start with number one. What is the most important thing to your business over the next six months? New clients or media exposure? Now, certainly both of those can be important, but which one is a little bit more important than the other? Typically, what I've seen is the newer in business you are, the more important those new clients are going to be. The more established you are in business, you might be looking 
instead at media exposure as a higher priority because now you're like, okay, I've got a steady funnel of leads that I've had coming in for years, maybe decades, and I want to expand my brand in other ways or I want to stand out as an entrepreneur in other industries, not just the home industry, and that's where media exposure comes into play. Now, why is it important that you ask yourself this question? Because it directly affects how you should be marketing your business. If your goal is new clients, then you're going to want to focus on things that will be like your lowest hanging fruit, sources of new leads, whether they are referrals or your blogging strategy or your email marketing strategy and how those things all work together. But if your goal is to get media exposure, then you're going to want to stop working with, say, your social media manager and start working with your PR person, because now you're looking at a totally different uh, way of marketing your business and you're not necessarily marketing your services. You're actually just trying to get exposure on look at all the amazing projects that I've done and look at my accomplishments. And by the way, of course, that media exposure can also lead to new clients because you might get featured in different shelter magazines. But just knowing that, okay, my goal here is sure, I'll take the clients if they come, but my, my bigger focus is the media exposure because I have all this work that I am proud of and it does need to be recognized. I want it to be recognized. So that's one question. Next question to ask is, which of the following marketing formats resonate the most with your ideal client? So you do have to know your ideal client in order to answer that question. I hope that you know your ideal client. That's a huge deal and it's pretty much impossible to market your business without knowing your ideal client. All right, so does your ideal client prefer audio or video or written content? Here's a hot tip, by the way. Busy people, like everyone listening to this podcast, typically gravitate toward audio because they can multitask. I'm a busy person. Uh, I'm a business owner. I'm a mom. And I tend to listen to business podcasts and any kind of podcast, really, when I'm doing the dishes or when I'm doing more menial work on my laptop or when I am playing with my kids. Sometimes I'll have a podcast going on in the background, which my three-year-old has told me she does not always appreciate. <laughs> but I have to multitask in order to get some stuff done. So if your ideal client is someone busier, then you might want to focus more on creating audio-based content because they won't have to look at a screen in order to absorb it, and they won't have to sit down and read it necessarily. Now, video is for... I've found um, younger people now, not that I guess I'm not that I'm old. Okay, I'm 31 at the recording of this episode. And I still prefer audio content just because I am busy, super busy. But I feel like that's become redundant at this point. But if you are targeting a younger demographic, so if you are targeting millennial or Gen Z, then video might be a better fit. Now, if you are trying to focus on increasing your SEO, so you're kind of like marketing to the search engine, then you're going to want to focus more on your written content. But what I have found is that most people want a multi-pronged approach because they want to appeal to the actual humans who will hire them, but they also need to satisfy that darn search engine. And that's why I create audio content, and then I also create the written or show notes content to go along with it. 
And that's something you can do whether you do video or audio, or maybe you just want to have the written content and you don't want video or audio, totally fine. But you really need to stop and think, how will my ideal client best consume my content? Because why not pursue that even if it's a little bit more challenging for you to get set up in the beginning? It's going to pay dividends because your ideal client will be able to absorb it and they'll want to hire you. I mean, how many of you, after listening to my podcast, have decided to come work with my agency? A lot of you. The podcast is actually my biggest source of new clients. And then Google is my biggest source of website traffic because I have the written show notes for this podcast. So it really does work when you have a multi-pronged approach. All right. The next question, the third question that you should ask yourself is, if your ideal client uses social media, what are you going to post and why? This is a heavy question. (laughs) Purposeless posting is a waste of your effort, and it's not going to yield any return on investment. Purposeless posting looks like posting photos of other people's work or posting a photo from your favorite shelter magazine and just saying, oh, this beautiful kitchen or be bold, go green with your cabinetry colors. I mean, just really, really purposeless posting. Uh, It's not going to help you. It's not going to help attract people to you. And yeah, just don't even bother. However, if your ideal client uses social media, then you need to show up as a person on social media, which means that you should be posting things like um, photos of your work, obviously, but also your face. And you should also be doing stories or reels if you want. Otherwise, standard videos will be fine. But this is only if your ideal client is on social media. And if you are offering higher-end custom home services like, you know, full-service interior design, luxury design build, if you are at home stager and you're focusing on those really high-end listings, if you're an organizer and you happen to do a lot of work with celebrities or other people with really deep pockets, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to find you on social media. Those people might be on social media, but they're necessarily not going to find you there. So really stop and figure out, okay, who am I trying to reach? Are they on social media? And are they using social media as a way to make buying decisions? The more high-end you are, the less likely it is they're using social media to make those type of purchasing decisions. So don't bother with social media. You should focus your effort and your money on something else. All right. So if you choose to make social media part of your strategy, just avoid the purposeless posting. Please do not focus on all the pretty pictures that everyone else is posting because it might get the likes. Maybe it'll even get the follows, but the clients do not convert because of what you're posting or not posting on social media, unless you have a sales funnel to back it up, and unless what you're posting is more of your face than anything else, because you are a human, people want to do business with another human. Now, along with that, if social media is part of your marketing, how many social media followers do you want to have in the next 12 months? And then also, why? Why do you want that specific number? I have heard things from people like, well, I want to get 2,000 new followers every single month. Okay, okay, I like the concrete number. However, why do you want 2,000 followers? What will that do for you? Are you hoping to get, like, street cred? Some sort of social proof? Are you hoping that maybe one 
to 2% of those people will convert into clients? Well, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. The number of social media followers you have doesn't mean that you're automatically going to get more clients. And I've said this on the podcast many times before, but I have friends who are social media influencers. They have tens of thousands of followers, but they make maybe $1,000 a month. And that's because they don't have the rest of the marketing system in place. And they know that. (laughs) They actually do know that. So they're not in it for really the income. They just kind of enjoy posting things and creating content, which is fine. But if your goal as a business is to get more clients, then you have to figure out whether your goal for a certain number of social media followers is even legitimate. Because if there's no point to it, then why set your sights on it? You'll end up wasting your time, effort, and money on something that, well, you don't know if it's ever going to work because you don't really have any parameters by which to measure it. Today's episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by the Window Coverings Association of America. If you're an interior designer, a window treatment specialist, or an installer looking for business growth, listen up. With an annual membership to the WCAA, you'll receive trade discounts, ongoing education, and an exclusive listing in their homeowner-facing directory of professionals, which, by the way, guys, makes it a lot easier for people to find you. Whether you've been working in the home industry forever or you're fresh out of design school, the WCAA can help you take your business to the next level whether you're just trying to scale up or you're just getting started. Go to wcaa.org for more details. All right, moving on to the next question. How are your current marketing activities connected to each other? So here's the thing. When I first started marketing my business, I tended to think that, okay, this marketing effort over here is hopefully going to capture some people. So like posting on Instagram and Facebook, that might get some people. And then I'm going to go over on LinkedIn, I'm going to post some there, and hopefully that'll capture some other people that didn't see the Facebook or Instagram post. And then I'm going to send out some emails because there might be different people on my list. And then I'm going to do some blogging because different people might see that. And the problem with that strategy that I found out very quickly is it's not a strategy at all. It's called throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. And actually none of those things stuck. But what I then figured out is that if each marketing activity connects to or feeds into the next activity, I actually start to see results. For example, if I'm talking here on the podcast and I'm saying, all right, well, here is the next step. You can go read the show notes. You can go get whatever freebie I might be offering. That's the next step in my sales funnel, actually, because this podcast is the beginning of my sales funnel. So if you are listening to this podcast, congratulations, you're in my sales funnel. Now, if you go to my website, read the show notes, which is essentially my blog. So we can turn this around for you as well. If someone connects with you, be it on social media, um, be it in person, and they end up at your website, that's going to be part of your sales funnel. And If your website is set up correctly and people know exactly who you are, what you do, whom you serve, where you serve them, then they're going to want more. So if they're reading your blog post, they're going to finish that blog post. They're going to sign up for your lead magnet. Once they do that, they're going to get an automated welcome email saying, hey, here is who I am, brief introduction, blah, blah, blah. Then they're going to get your monthly email marketing, hopefully. And that means that your blogging and your email marketing and your offline networking and your social media networking are all working in tandem. 
they're all working together so that no effort is wasted. So you don't have to wonder, well, why am I not getting leads from social media? Why am I not getting new clients from social media? And you're not going to get clients from social media unless you have the rest of that sales funnel in place. And like I said, unless maybe your ideal client isn't even on social, but you can apply that to offline socialization as well. So networking events, or if you're really well known in your community, all of that can feed into your next marketing effort, but you have to be intentional about setting that up. All right. The next question that you should be asking is what is your ideal client's biggest frustration in their professional or personal life? So if you are dealing with homeowners, then obviously it's what's their biggest frustration in their personal life as it relates to you. If you are a home stager that works directly with the listing agent, then you could ask, well, what is my ideal client's biggest frustration in their professional life? And usually that's pretty clear cut, but you've got to get a little bit more specific. So if you're working with a listing agent, are they frustrated because they can't sell homes very fast? Or are they frustrated because the listings in your area just don't look that good? And even though they're selling, they could be selling for more. But you've got to really pinpoint what is frustrating to them because you can turn their frustrations into service packages. Literally create the solution to their problem and then you sell it back to them. Genius, right? <laughs> I didn't come up with that idea. However, this is what I do in my own business as well. I see a need you guys have. I create a service package around it. And then you guys use it and it benefits you and it's fantastic. So this is not something I'm pulling out of thin air. This is stuff that I'm actually doing in my own business and it's working and I highly recommend you give it a try. Next thing that you should ask yourself is which of your current marketing activities have produced no leads? in the last three months. Now, this is a bit of a tricky question because some people will try a marketing tactic and then they won't see results from it. And maybe it's because it's the wrong marketing tactic altogether, but maybe it's just because they weren't doing it correctly or they weren't doing it consistently. And so you have to really take this with a grain of salt. If you say, okay, well, email marketing isn't working for me. All right, well, are you consistently sending out a newsletter every single month? And are those newsletters talking directly to your ideal client, offering helpful tips and ideas? Or are they just a jumble of different things? Like click here for my blog post, go here to check out my Instagram, go here to read something else. And here's a recipe. Or are you actually specific and saying, here is the service that I offer. Here's a project I did for a client and click here to book a consult with me or a discovery call with me. That's the right way to do it. If you're doing it the other way I described, no wonder it's not working. So you just really have to look at, am I doing it consistently and am I doing it correctly? If those two things are yes, and you're still not getting leads from like maybe it's social media or maybe a print ad that you, you know was designed really well, it has a solid call to action, uh, you've got the rest of the sales funnel in place and the print ad is just not delivering, well, maybe it's just not the right place for you. So that's when you can actually cut it out of your marketing budget and redirect your focus elsewhere. The next thing that you should be asking yourself is how do your worst clients find you and how do your best clients find you? There have been times in my business when I've gotten an influx of people who are definitely not the right fit for my agency. And I, in one particular instance, went back to the referral source, which was actually a person. And I was like, you know what? Unfortunately, this is not working because everyone that 
is coming to me who is not a good fit told me they came through you. Yes, imagine that conversation. It was super awkward. <laughs> I was a lot more tactful in that conversation than I'm being right now because I feel like I'm going to be blunt with you guys. But in that situation, it was like, okay, I don't know if it's how you're you're presenting it, but unfortunately, it's not a good fit. So we're we're going to stop getting leads here. Now, were those people signing up with me? Were they paying me? Yes. However, they were miserable to work with. So we shut off that referral source and we focused on something else because it was not worth it. Another example of this would be um, one of our current clients has a huge Pinterest following, like, you know, 2 million views a month, pretty amazing stuff. And for some reason, she kept getting people coming to her website that were DIYers. And she was like, what the heck? Why is this happening? I don't do DIY. I don't serve these people. I don't want to serve these people. And we figured out after doing some digging that it's because one of her blog posts that kind of went viral on Pinterest was talking about how to remodel your own kitchen. And it turns out that topic resonated really well with the 20 to 30 something year old guys on Pinterest. And those guys went to her website. We know all of this by looking at Pinterest analytics and Google analytics, by the way. And they were going through the website to read the blog post. And that was it. They didn't want to hire her because obviously they're trying to do it themselves because that's what the blog post told them to do. So it just goes back to being very clear about who you want to serve and understanding if you're actually getting the wrong kind of leads and why and from where so that you can shut that funnel off. But then also knowing where are your best clients coming from? Typically, your best clients come from your past best clients. So word of mouth referral. But that may not be the case for you. So you really need to think about it. And if you're new in business and you really haven't had enough clients to tell yet, just keep this question in mind for the future. If you get a really great client, maybe you just liked their project type. Maybe you liked their personality. Maybe it was something else. Write down what you liked and how they found you because that information will serve you extremely well as you move forward in your business. The next question that you should be asking is, in what way in your marketing do you show versus tell how you serve your clients? Let me give you an example because I understand this might be a very confusing question. I could tell you guys that I offer custom website design by saying, I offer custom website design. Or I could actually just show you the websites that I'm most proud of designing and then include a way for you to book your own website with my agency. Showing versus telling. I could list all the features and benefits of custom website design with us for hours. Or I could just say, hey, here's a website that we did for a client back in 2022. And isn't it gorgeous? And here's how it functions. Here are the cool features. And here is how happy my client was with it. That is showing versus telling. If you were to do that as an interior designer or a stager or an organizer, instead of saying, I offer full service interior design, I offer full service organizing, show them. Here is a picture. Maybe it's a before and after in a blog post. Maybe it is a completed project reveal in a newsletter. Show them. Now, if you haven't done a project yet, but you want to, but you're new in business and you're in that, you know, what comes first, chicken or the egg kind of situation in your marketing because <laughs> you're new and it's hard then you can at least get some stock photos to illustrate what we would do while clearly stating, you know, this isn't my work, but this is what your pantry could become. It could go from chaos to this. And 
that gives people a very clear visual on what you're capable of. And photos can really do a lot more than words. But because search engines like words, we still have to use those too. Can't get away from it, guys. But make sure that you are showing more than you are telling. Now, if this is, this is a really big question, guys, very big question. And the last one in our list today. If you were to go to your own website right now as a completely objective outside individual, would you be able to tell just from your homepage who you specialize in helping, what services you offer, and what geographic areas you serve? I cannot tell you how many interior design, specifically interior design websites, I have gone to because someone has asked me to review their site and it's not clear what services they offer. It's definitely not clear who they're specializing in helping. Like, is it the busy professional? Are they in a relationship with a builder or a realtor? Like, are they working with just those people? It's not clear. And also, it's very rarely obvious what geographic area they serve, which is sad because Google has no idea either. So you have to make sure that your homepage is a complete product. If someone goes to your website, they should be able to tell just from the homepage who you are, who you serve, where you serve them, and how you serve them. Your homepage is a freaking big deal. All right, guys, those are the 10 questions that are going to help you refocus your business marketing, whether you have an organizing business, a design firm, window treatment business, whatever you have, make sure you go through and you honestly answer each of these questions because they are not meant to create more marketing work for you to do. They're actually meant for you to dwindle down or whittle down what you're doing in your marketing so that you're only doing what works. I believe in lean, mean, streamlined marketing, not fluffy, expensive or tedious marketing because I've tried that and, and trust me it does not work and it won't make you happy <laughs> so keep yourself in a place of being able to afford good marketing by answering these questions and removing the stuff that simply isn't going to work for you because you know what it might work for your colleagues whatever you're doing but it's not necessarily going to work for you because no two businesses are alike no two ideal clients are alike and you have to figure out where you're at in all of it all right, guys, until next time, keep your marketing simple, your message clear, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com, where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.